Hello everyone, this is Miles. Welcome to Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. And this week, uh, I am joined by a very special guest, my friend, John Lees Robinson. Hi, nice to meet you all in this podcast world. Yes, and we're super excited to have you here. So John is one of my uh, closest friends here in Nottingham. We have been friends for the past three and a half years. Uh, back way back before COVID times, uh, we would spend a lot of time at coffee shops throughout Nottingham. I think we have uh, hit a few of the favorites along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. some quick facts about John. I don't think I know a person who loves Marvel and Lord of the Rings more than John does. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, uh, John, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself so uh, our audience can get to know you a bit better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, as Mars has said, my name's John. I grew up in the Northeast. So I grew up in um, in a little village called Wolverston, which is kind of on the edge of Teesside. Um, so in my heart of hearts, I am a northerner. And beige food that's deep fried or cooked in an oven just fills me with so much happiness um, that it's hard to put into words. Um, So yeah, I lived in Teesside until um, I was 19 and then I moved to Nottingham 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years in September that I moved to Nottingham as a student. Um, Came and I studied nursing for four years at uni of um, and then worked at the QMC uh, for five years um, on, a, on a in a couple of different areas. But the the last area that I worked in the hospital was in intensive care. And then in September of last year, I stopped working as a nurse and I started training for ordination in the Church of England, which basically means I'm in the process of becoming a vicar. Um, Whilst I was at university, I met my now wife, Jo, and we got married back in 2015. Um, And then we had our first child, my little boy, Joshua, who is, you know, I know that I'm biased, but he is outrageously cute. And he is now, he's now 21 months old, which seems ridiculous. Um, Yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit about me. I can confirm Joshua is one of the most adorable children I've ever seen. <laughs> so uh, I just, do you remember how we first met? I do. I do distinctly remember it. It was, um, it was the first time. So Joe and I, over the 10 years that I've been in Nottingham, I've been at a few different churches and my wife and I, you know, since we were together, we've, we've been a part of a couple of different churches but we met the very first time that we came to Trinity Church Nottingham. I remember kind of uh, Joe and I came to a Sunday service. And then as we were leaving the church building, we were walking down into the city centre just to grab some lunch with a couple of people. And then you came along next to us and we just started talking, didn't we? And I think we sat with, we, I think we sat together that lunchtime and uh, like we just, connected and kept chatting um and really our friendship has continued to develop from there yeah i mean i definitely remember that and your wife even asked me to help with the connect team which is a team uh, at church because of that encounter she's like oh we connected on our first time here you can do this with other people 
totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, so you mentioned in a bit about your story that you were in nursing and now mm-hmm. you're starting to be a vicar. How did you go about this change of career paths? Oh gosh, good, good question. I mean, that was, I think, um, it probably, I always knew from the big, from sort of my earliest moments when you begin as a kid to think about, you know, what do you want to do with your life? I always had this sense that I wanted to help people. I wanted to uh, care for people. And I felt this natural affinity to helping people in some of their darkest times and some of the most difficult times. And initially that took the form of thinking, right, I want to help people within a healthcare setting. Um, And I want to help people heal and I want to help promote health and help people in their well-being that sort of thing but then I think as as time went on I think that there I felt this increasing call really to um help people not just physically but spiritually and to help people come to understand some of the um the deep things of life some of the deep questions that are about you know what what is this thing that we're all experiencing called life yeah that's probably a bit of a snippet to it that's really really cool and so through this you sort of felt like you were being led into this different path uh Mm -hmm. to uh pursue ordination in the church of england so uh you're in your current role what is your current role (laughs) so so my my current title is ordinand um which is a phrase that means little to anybody who's not in sort of Church of England, but it's, it's basically a, a word, it's, it's basically a title to describe people who are on their journey to ordination. That's really cool. So because John is studying right now and doing a little bit of a theology degree, we thought you would be a perfect guest to talk about this week's topic, the Holy Spirit. And we realized that the podcast here at Canvas is a great opportunity to explore some topics we don't always talk about uh, regularly in the Canvas community. And the Holy Spirit is one of those. And so we thought we would explore that topic a bit more today on a podcast setting. So before we get started, John, uh, who or what is the Holy Spirit? Hey, <laughs> got what? I mean, it's, just, it's so exciting to be talking about this. And it's something that we don't always talk about. Um, but who and what is the Holy Spirit? I mean, this is just, you know, like there are so many ways to answer this question, I think. But I think where I'd want to start in answering that is just really simply to say that the Holy Spirit is God. You know, that we, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about God. Like we're not talking about like this other part of God, like this external thing to God. And it's not even like a sense, you know, that there's kind of, oh, you talk about a human being and then you talk about um, the hand, you know, like that the Holy Spirit is God. And I think the next thing then to say is that the Holy Spirit is a person and not a force. I think probably we're not always helped in the way that we speak and think that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, what it immediately conjures is not always the thought of a person, but it's rather like some sort of force or, you know, power rather than that the Holy Spirit is a person. And I think that then, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? I mean, I think for me talking, 
I think that the first thing I want to say, like the Holy Spirit is a lot of fun. Like the Holy Spirit is so exciting to be around. When the Holy Spirit is moving and doing stuff and you're beginning to develop this awareness, okay, we can experience the Holy Spirit. Actually, that can be deeply exciting. It can be really daunting as well. Because you're kind of then in this kind of situation where you're thinking, oh, God's in the room. Is God going to do stuff I don't like? Is God going to not do stuff I want him to do? You know, like all these kind of questions begin to emerge. Um, and that is, but then there is, and I think part of my journey has been getting to know the Holy Spirit has been a process of getting to know what God is like. Like who, how does he behave? How, what, and I would just say that he's so kind. Like he's so fun. He's so generous. You know, like he gives such incredible gifts. And that's just, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, I think that there's probably then also something that you want to say when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, which is to do with, okay, so if the Holy Spirit is God and the Father is God, and Jesus is God, then what, where, how does the Holy Spirit work within all of that? Um, and then you're kind of getting into questions about the Trinity. Yeah, I think something I really want to hit home on that you said is that it's not like an accessory to the main thing. It's like, oh, we have God, and then we can have the Holy Spirit accessory who makes this like better. Instead, mm -hmm. it's like it's foundational to who God is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so you did finish with the Trinity. So what what exactly is the Trinity? Uh, <laughs> one of the, bi the big questions of the quote unquote Christian faith. Oh, completely. And I mean, it, it is worth saying, isn't it, that this this question is a question that Christians wrestle with. Like they really do wrestle with this. And and we like the emphases that different Christians would put on this is not always the same. I think that, you know, what everybody would say is that there is a that the Trinity is it's an attempt for us to try and describe how God has revealed himself. That he that God has revealed himself as being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, these three persons who are entirely and completely one, that it isn't that when you experience God, it isn't that you are experiencing any one of these persons in complete isolation. I think, as you said, Miles, like it is foundational that, you know, when you are experiencing, when we say we're experiencing Jesus, Actually, we're also experiencing the Father and the Holy Spirit. They are distinct in their personhood, yet united in their essence. Like they are, like mm -hmm. every single one of the persons is entirely God. You know, like it's not that they are, you know, that the Father is a bit God and then you plus the Son and he's a bit more God and then you put the Holy, like, no, they are completely God. Um, and yet these persons of the Trinity do act in certain ways but whenever they act at one of the analogies i find helpful is that of a chain that you know it's this sort of when you when you pull on one link of a chain you get the other links that come with it 
and you know you, and you see this in the bible like there's there's this really interesting conversation that that jesus has with his disciples in uh i think it's john chapter 14 when the disciples ask this really good question of jesus it's like well you've shown us yourself show us the father and jesus kind of always kind of flips the entire question on its head and says no if you've seen me then you've seen the father mm -hmm. um, and actually we I think we would want to say something like that of the Holy Spirit too. There's like, if you have experienced the Holy Spirit, then you have also experienced Jesus and you have experienced the father. Um, yeah. How does that, how does that? Add to no. Question? Yeah. I really like what you're saying. Um, one way I've heard it summarized, it's not like it's 50% God and 50% something else. It's like a hundred percent God and a hundred percent their own essence as well and so mm -hmm. and i know that can be a little paradoxical in thinking but instead yeah. of like thinking something has to measure up to 100 percent, it's like no it can be fully this and fully that sort of mm -hmm. thing mm, yeah totally and i think it's worth saying it like this is something that is difficult to wrap our heads around this is genuinely something that for two thousand years worth of christianity people have meditated on but meditated on in a way that has brought incredible peace. Somebody says something about mystery, that mystery is something in which there is infinite truth. Like there's something that you are constantly discovering something more of. Like this is like a path to such richness rather than something that just causes endless confusion. But it is, it, it's, it's something, because in it, you know, as a sentence, it's really simple. Like they are three mm -hmm. and they are one. But mm -hmm. at the time, it's like, oh, gosh, how does that work? Oh, and I really like that. Like, we don't have to have this all figured out exactly sort of mm -hmm. thing to still participate in it. So, like, all of our thoughts on this, it's like, oh, yeah, enter into conversation at, uh, with many other Christians for thousands of years who've talked about this same, <laughs> like, complex dynamic. Mm -hmm. um and so i want to just move on to like what's the holy spirit's role today how do you uh see um people experiencing the holy spirit today mm. yeah i think there's probably a couple of things that come to mind i think that the first thing would be to say that i think that the role of the holy spirit is to make jesus and the father real to us today like but what we're saying as christians is that god is available to be experienced today that this, that this this god this jesus who lived and walked the earth two thousand years ago like we can actually experience him and have a relationship with him in the here and now and so actually and that is what the holy spirit makes available to us and i think that you know different people experience the holy spirit in different ways for some people, it takes the form that they are able to read the Bible and suddenly they understand things in a brand new way. They, they are able to articulate this experience of the Bible coming to life for them. Some people speak about um, they have these intense experiences of peace. They're in prayer and suddenly they're praying. And although they weren't feeling peaceful at all before, suddenly they experience peace. And then I've been certainly in, in, in a number of different settings where then that emotional thing has been actually, you know, expressed itself in tears or it's expressed itself 
in um, joy and in laughter. And then I think that, it, you know, there are, you know, I, I think I mentioned before about the Holy Spirit giving gifts. And actually, some of these gifts are things that we would describe as the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of tongues. These quite, you know, when you first begin to encounter and experience these, you know, what, what Christian, what I'm describing as gifts, it's, it is quite like, what on earth is happening? You know, <laughs> like, what what is going on? Like, it is just strange. Um, but there are these gifts that then the Holy Spirit is able to give where people are, you know, you know, somebody will be able to get up and share. I just feel like God is speaking to me about something and they'll share a detail. And suddenly it's like it pinpoints a detail in somebody's life to a remarkable level of accuracy. There's like only, only God could ever have known that about that person. And suddenly mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, it unlocks something. And then, you know, there's the other angle of talking about gifts of healing. You know, these these stories that I have seen and heard of that are where the Holy Spirit actually brings about physical healing, which is remarkable, you know, and could only be God. And so I think that's probably, you know, some examples of what that looks like. Yeah, I think one of the key things you said is like, as Christians, we follow this guy named Jesus who died and rose from the grave 2000 years ago, but Jesus isn't walking the earth today, but instead through the Holy spirit, we can experience Jesus today, even though we didn't walk the year earth 2000 years ago, that he's still alive to us today. And that's yeah. what the Holy spirit has to offer us. And like Christine actually made this metaphor that you and I both have like a mutual friend, George, uh, and your relationship with George is very different than my relationship with George. Like we both, experience George and we talk about different things though and sort of like how the Holy Spirit is sort of similar like there's these big picture mm -hmm. things where mm -hmm. these are some of the ways it manifests itself but how the Holy Spirit like might manifest itself for you John is going to look different for how it manifests itself with me and that might be true for every person listening so like for me the Holy Spirit like that feeling of peace is a big part of it that that this mm -hmm. peace is like something I couldn't explain. I couldn't, um, I couldn't conjure up. I could like spend time thinking about it all the way. Then like the way the Holy spirit acts in my life is to provide this peace to have my mind slow down and not like mm -hmm. race at a million miles an hour and not try to solve every single solution in my life. And I, I think it's really helpful to think about it that way. It's like, Oh, if I'm not experiencing the Holy spirit, like this person is experiencing it, maybe mm -hmm. I'm doing this wrong. And yeah. really, no, it's like we are, we can experience the Holy Spirit in different ways. Yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. And and I think, you know, as I described it earlier, like part of the fun of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is that it is that personal, like that your interaction with the Holy Spirit is unique to you. And that is something that is beautiful and wonderful. Um, so I do want to transition a bit to your journey, uh, mm -hmm. and have you uh, about like your experience with your Holy Spirit growing up, if this has always been like a quote unquote normal thing for you, or if there was definitely some weird moments or even difficult moments with the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I grew up in churches, uh, for as long as I can remember where there was a, 
active expectation that God was able to do to meet people powerfully in the room, that he was able to heal, that he was able to speak in specific and uh, powerful and dramatic and life-changing ways. And I think, you know, I would say that that experience actually for me has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, You know, I was experienced that, you know, physical experiences of the Holy Spirit from a very early age um that were entirely you know to me were completely surprising <laughs> you know like um i remember being taken on you know youth events where suddenly you know i would feel this physical manifestation of the holy spirit that no one he up till that point had really explained to me you know this is what the holy spirit or this is what it does but i was just in an environment where that was kind of um accepted as normal but i think that you know I, particularly towards my later teen years, had to journey through some real wrestles around this stuff and wrestles with the Holy Spirit. Because as soon as you start making the claim that the Holy Spirit is present and that he can intervene and uh, perform miracles, then a follow-on question then becomes, well, how come I don't see God Uh, intervening in the ways that I want him to how come not everyone gets healed how come when other people have these dramatic encounters with God how come I don't have that um you know that is part of the the messiness that comes with this I think and part of the stuff that we have to wrestle with and I think that for me in my later teen years you know they were really shaped by the fact that um a close family member of mine was in one of these kind of Christian environments. And, and this family member of mine has, you know, a a chronic illness. They received some prayer and then they thought that they had been healed and it actually trans and, and they were kind of, Oh, this is amazing. I've been healed. And then afterwards came out of that setting. And then that very night actually got really ill with their, with that illness that they thought that they'd been healed of. And then as a result, that family member of mine began to really struggle with their faith. And I think that that kind of, that element of the, of, of expectation of miracles and the Holy spirit raised some really significant questions for me that were a real struggle, you know, for a good, you know, a, a journey of years really. Um, you know, seeing my close family member going through that and then it's sparking all the same questions in me, like, why is God not healing when I want him to heal? And actually when I've seen him heal other people, you know, all those kind of things. But it's definitely worth saying that, you know, my journey, you know, has has led me more down a line of having to wrestle. Um, and and to be honest, that's still a wrestle, you know, and, and it's worth saying, you know, that this is a part that every single Christian has to experience and that we all wrestle with, you know, so if, you know, anybody listening to this is wrestling with those kind of questions, like, like, Oh gosh, like we're with you and love you. And this is, this is part of what it means to, to follow God.
So what, I, what I'm hearing you say is that over time, your experience with the Holy Spirit has gotten less black and white and instead is more relational, more complicated, as you even said, a wrestle at times. Yeah. And I think I think the the overwhelming the sort of the, the direction that that then takes is actually that it's been a greater relationship of trust or probably a posture more of surrender um, has come. But yeah, at times it is sort of you are wrestling tooth and nail, and it's it, it probably a journey of honesty as well, learning how to be honest with God about how you are truly feeling. I just really like that, the analogy of trust and also in the sense of like the unanswered prayers where it's not going to maybe become simpler over time where it's like, oh, it just snaps and then everything clicks into place and you arrive at a final destination. It's more like the beginning of a journey where you just go further and further and further where like there might be more trust and more experience over time. But there are still questions and they're still like, oh, why this or why that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there was a great, um, a friend of mine said a great phrase um, a little while ago, which was around, you know, when we speak of spirit, often what we, comes to mind is something quite ethereal, you know, something that is like a ghost. You know, it's kind of there, but isn't really there. Whereas actually when we talk about spirit um as christians what we're talking about is the things that are deepest to us like the the deep inner truly true things about us and actually uh, i would say that my journey with the holy spirit has been a journey of going deeper it's you know it's that okay you've had an experience now come deeper and see what it what how how does god move beyond that how how is god moving in what is truly true about you and ultimately it's a journey of love you know like the holy spirit is the one who makes the love of god real to us and that he wants to allow us to experience his love and his sense that god sees us in our suffering and our pain um, as much as delivering us from it I really, really, really like that. Um, so how do you personally experience the Holy Spirit? And um, I will also share from my ex experiences after you. Great question. Um, I think that how I, I really experience the Holy Spirit, I, pro I think probably the most common ones for me are experiencing him when I'm reading the Bible and in the form of um pictures and visions you know and by that probably what i mean is i will be either praying or sometimes i'm not even praying and then suddenly something a picture kind of fills my mind like fills like i imagine it in my mind and it is i i wasn't thinking about that before and but with that picture comes always a sense of love and a sense of peace. And I guess that's kind of then tying into kind of experiencing God in emotions. And with that, suddenly there'll be a piece of understanding that I didn't understand before. I've had experiences where I, I kind of come to God and pray and I don't even know really what's going on inside of me. I kind of, I know that I'm feeling, but I don't know 
uh, yeah, how to how to bring it before God. And then suddenly God will give me a picture and it's like he's articulating what's going on inside of me and he's helping me both understand myself. He's helping me to understand the situation that I'm in and he's helping me to understand God better. And ultimately what's going on in there, I think, is that I, I experience the Holy Spirit as somebody who helps. Like he helps in my relationship with God to experience him and understand him and helps me in life yeah i like that a lot and for me like i didn't always grow up in church communities that like the holy spirit was mentioned but not emphasized and then mm-hmm. as i moved to england and actually experienced some communities where the holy spirit was talked more about it put into context some of the experiences of my life where like for me a lot of times the holy spirit shows up with people sometimes like I can't get a person out of my mind. Like in a lot of times when that happens, they're having a very difficult time. Something's going on. And it's like one of those things. It could be, you could throw it under intuition or whatever. And I I just really think that's like God acting in my life. Like that it's the Holy Spirit because I'm like, oh, like so many of my occurrences with people or reading emotional temperatures of room, I go back to the, that's the Holy Spirit. And when I'm at my best, like I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and it's dictating how I show up in some of those environments. When I'm at my worst, I just sort of go on my emotional impulses in those situations. Yeah. So um, I thought it would be really cool. Um, We're going to finish with our rapid fire questions in a minute, but to pray for people potentially Mm. right now that all of this is new or it's still like a little weird and bizarre, but like, what we really would like to maybe pray for is the desire to experience God in their lives, God's presence. And that's like available through the Holy spirit. So John, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Holy spirit. We're so thankful for you and thankful that you come to help us to understand and to experience you and i pray holy spirit for anyone who is watching this wherever or listening to this wherever um they are that lord you would come and fill them with your holy spirit and that god you would meet them in a way that is deeply personal and intimate to that person And I pray, Lord, that you would um, give people a taste of your kindness. Give people a taste of your wonder and your peace. Give people the experiences of you that just help. Just help us to know that you are there, that you are present, that you are close. And I just want to invite you, if you're listening to this, and it might be that you're doing this for the hundredth time, or it might be the first time, but just to invite the Holy Spirit. And it might just be, God, if you are there, show yourself to me. And it might even have been that as we have been talking about this, these things that you have begun to experience some of the things that we've talked about that you might have begun to experience a sense of peace 
or you might even have begun to uh, a picture begins to fill your mind or you begin to experience something physically in your body and you don't need to be afraid in in that moment and i just encourage you now just to say thank you holy spirit thank you for what you're doing in me and if you feel comfortable to say and i ask for more just know that god is so gentle he's so kind and he just wants to show that he loves you Amen. Amen. And it's totally fine if you didn't feel anything. Like mm. it is totally like if it, you didn't feel like the, this rush of wind in your hands or anything, that's totally normal. It isn't like you failed an exam or anything like that. Mm. And But if you did feel something, like create some space to maybe journal about it or write it down. Or you could even like rewind this podcast a few minutes and just go through that experience again and just see what it was. And maybe as John said, something about you, um, some of the things that are really deep inside of you, the truest of the true about you are getting revealed in these moments. And I think the Holy Spirit does that, as John says. And it it sort of highlights what makes you, you, instead of trying to fit in with everybody else in the world. Yes, yes, amen. And I just want to add as well, Miles, like just as we were sort of finishing our time of prayer, then a picture that came into my mind was actually of um, a bread maker. And I think it's just a, it's a picture for, I think anybody who, you know, just during that time of prayer, actually you didn't feel anything at all. And the, the reason that what came to mind in that picture was actually that process of needing bread, like that there is a process that's going on. And when you're needing bread, it's like, it's like, why are you doing that? Like you're not producing anything, but you go through the process and, um, then the end result is all the sweeter for having needed the bread. Like if you don't need bread, what you get at the end is just a flat rubbish bread that no one wants to eat. The point of that needing is that the end product is beautiful. And actually, if you didn't experience anything at all, I just encourage you to keep engaging with it because it's that when you engage with it, but you're not feeling anything, it's the needing. It's not for nothing. Just because you're not feeling something physically or emotionally, or actually even if you began to feel more negative, it was like, oh, great. They just told me stories of all these wonderful things that I've experienced. None of it. All of that is part of the process of needing that then makes what emerges from you. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think that's such an encouragement is just to go back in the process again and again. Each experience can be different in the process. But to finish us off for our time together, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. The first one is fill in the blank. Community is home. 
great answer. What's your favorite takeaway or takeout in Nottingham? Oh, there's there's a Thai there's a Thai restaurant in the city center, and I don't actually know the name of it, but they're on um, Uber Eats, and their their oh breaded chicken, unbelievable! It's so good. Yeah, that Thai is a great answer. Um, what have you binged recently? It could be a book, it could be a <laughs> podcast, it could be a television show. Um, Downton Abbey. I'm kind of ashamed to admit that on a podcast. No, no, don't be ashamed. I, I haven't watched it myself, but I've heard great things about it. Oh, uh, it's the inner, it's it's the tea cider in me who grew up watching the Fast and the Furious, and like you know that <laughs> that ilk of cars. Never would I have thought that one day I'd love a period drama. But oh my days, I'm onto the last season now of Downton Abbey, and phew, what what incredible TV! I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Uh, what's something you are grateful for in the midst of COVID? My family. Yeah, Joe and Joshua. Um, so grateful for them. Yeah. Okay, and my final question is a would you rather question. Uh, would you rather be able to take back anything you say or hear every conversation around you? Definitely the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that, was, that was such a... Um, I can see all the positives of being able to do the first and all the negatives of being able to do, <laughs> <laughs> do yes. the Anytime there's a fight and you say something that's slightly out of bounds, you can be like, nope, we're going <laughs> to... Yeah. Pull that back. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, John, for joining us. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, the listener, for joining us and listening to us. The podcast discussion for this episode will be on Monday, March 15th. So come join us on that Monday for to talk more about the Holy Spirit. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, everyone.